This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Dude, I call Sean Bach, 24-7 sports, hawkeyeinsider.com. Here, a break down the Kirk Ferentz Tuesday press conference. And what's probably the mo- most storyline riddled press conference of the season, Sean. I mean, especially just given the, the climate of the quarterback situation, we both saw what happened against Ohio State. And it's, it's interesting that they list an or. I have my own thoughts about it. Plenty more to get into. Obviously, Northwestern's been a tough opponent for Iowa. I think Northwestern's won the last three times they've come to Iowa City. So, Look, Northwestern's struggling, but if there's a game that Pat Fitzgerald, I really feel like, gets his players going for, it is against Iowa, and the track record's certainly there. I mean, Saturday's game, it's not going to be a high-scoring game. And, you know, we saw last year with with the quarterback situation, Padilla, Padilla was the guy um, in that game. I mean, Petra started out, but Padilla was the guy and, you know, was able to just, just get a victory, but... I mean, hey, with quarterback situation, I mean, I know Kirk said it's pretty even and that's what it sounds to be. But it's also I think it's a good good idea not to tip your hand with anything. I think that's a smart way of going about it, because, you know, even though Northwestern has had its struggles this year, this this is a team that hasn't really been blown out. It's done. I think their only blowout loss this year was to Ohio State. Granted, they've only or Wisconsin, excuse me. Granted, they've only they've only won one game this year, and that was Nebraska at the beginning of the year in Ireland. But they've been in some close games, so they're not going to be a team that you know just just sucks. Look at they lost to Southern Illinois 31-24, Miami Ohio seventeen to fourteen, kept it close with Penn State seventeen to seven, and like you mentioned against last week against Maryland, lost thirty one to twenty four. And like you mentioned, Sean, this is a game that a lot of people are going to take the under on. I believe right now across most of the sports books, it's at 34 and a half. I've seen one that's even 31 and a half, which would be an all time low in modern college football. And, you know, given these two offenses and how good Iowa's defense is, and know a lot of people are still going to take the under. But this begs the question, Sean, who would you start on Saturday? against Northwestern because we've seen what Spencer Petras can do in his career. But right now I just think that the offense is broken beyond belief. 
you, you turn to Alex Padilla, who I thought got thrown into an impossible situation. Look, there's no excuse for the first snap of the game being fumbled. He admitted that. But if there was any opportunity for Iowa to make a quarterback change, Iowa really did wait till the worst and last possible moment to give him a shot against. I mean, Ohio State at number two, Ohio State in the horseshoe, you're down 16 points. I mean, I really don't know what they were trying to accomplish other than give Petrus a break. But who would you start? I'd say you go with Padilla one more time. And, you know, with something with Padilla, I think it's one of those things, too, where, you know, you just, you just kind of need a spark. And Iowa has said it, and Kirk Ferentz has said it all year, that we feel good about the two guys we have. And, you know, behind the scenes, obviously, there's a talk about Padilla not being as effective as maybe he needed to be to challenge Peters for that starting quarterback job. But if Iowa coaches say that they feel good about what they got and comfortable to what they got, like they should feel fine about throwing someone like Padilla who has experience against Ohio state. I know that's a tough spot. You're already down. I mean, you're down 26 to 10 at halftime, I think. And things aren't going away. Your Ohio state defense is getting to Padilla or Petrus in the first half pretty easily. And there wasn't really, you know, a lot of upside, but, you got to be ready for the backup quarterback. That's one of those things that, you know, you can say you put him in an unfair spot, but I think at the end of the day, it's one, you know, if you're a big time backup quarterback and you're in what Padilla is in his fourth year now, um, third being, you know, he redshirted his first year, but you got to be ready for that situation. So I think against Northwestern, I think you start with Padilla. Um, I know Petrus, I, <sighs> See, I, I'm leaning Padilla just because I think you want to give it a little bit of a spark, a little bit something different and seeing if he can orchestrate anything. But I think, and I know people aren't going to like this, but if you want more reliability in some cases, I think you have to go with Petrus. But I think you might start Padilla in this game just based on the matchup alone because, I mean, I know mobility is obviously not one of the most important things, but Padilla can ha- has that, and I think that can impact the – the uh, Northwestern defense a little bit, who hasn't been as as strong as it has been in years past. But I think if you put Padilla in, that could maybe maybe mix things up a little bit and, you know, kind of keep Northwestern off guard. I know they saw him last year, but most of the tape this year has been has been Beatrice, if not almost all the tape besides the Ohio State second half. So maybe put in Padilla, see see if that works. But I mean, Kirk kind of mentioned it, too. He he wants to have a guy that is not like he doesn't really want a rotation and no coaches want a quarterback rotation, but I think with Iowa, it's like they want to stick with something if, if yeah. they're going to make a decision. So, you know, I, I honestly don't know who's going to jog out there. I, I really have no idea. I know, like I said, before the message boards is 50, 50 Kirk backed that up today and, you could make you can make an argument for for either one, but you can make an argument against either one. There's really, really not a lot of winning um, that you can do in this argument, based on the way things have gone. Yeah, and I understand it too. So I have two different answers. I have who I would start and what I who I think is going to start. I think you have to either start Padilla or even I'll even throw in Joey Labis. And I know how crazy the Labis talk sounds, but the main thing that's kept Labis back from the other two, Sean, has been turnovers. We've heard that behind the scenes. Well, Iowa right now is turning it over at a rate where you really cannot get much worse. So do you start prepping for the future or do you try to salvage the rest of the season? And I think that, again, that's something coach said to make a decision. 
I think Padilla should start, especially in that first half against Northwestern. Uh, remember, he started that game. He, no, I'm sorry, he didn't start that game last year, but he came in once Petrus realized he, you know, he couldn't throw a football because he had that lingering injury. But I think Petrus is going to start. I I think reading the content of Kirk's, you know, press conference, he was asked basically, you know, how do you can you really evaluate of Ohio State, and is there something that's going to outweigh more than the other? And he said, we've been watching these two guys practice and work basically since January. Uh, we haven't watched in football, but we had all spring in August and certainly during the season. I think we'll see what it feels like. There's no concrete or scientific formula. Again, it's going to be how we feel coming off the field, be it tomorrow or on Friday, then we'll make a decision. The thing that a point that got really hammered home during the press conference, Sean, was practice. And I know it drives fans up a wall because the performances have not been there on Saturday. But all year long, there's been one consistent message. And that Spencer Petrus has outplayed Alex Padilla in practice. So if they're basing it off practice, I think Spencer Petrus is going to start. I think that's going to piss off a lot of Iowa fans. But if that's who he believes is the best starter, like I still have a hard time believing that he's out there deliberately sabotaging his own team. I think people who think that are, or think it's just idiotic. Uh, I do think that he's going to believe that Petrus gives him the best chance to win again. I would throw in Padilla, give him a realistic shot in a full week of reps as the number one quarterback, and then go to Petrus if things get dice. I know they don't want a rotation. He didn't necessarily shut it down, but I'm with you. I think you start Padilla. But again, I, I think just given the context of, of the quotes within the press conference, I do think that's going to be Spencer Petrus on Saturday. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point, kind of putting the tea leaves together and I think based on experience, it's the way to go. But, and, you know, I mean, people kind of saw, I know it was a tough, tough situation um, that a lot of people have said with Padilla against Ohio State. And, I mean, I agree, you got to be ready. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where you kind of got to go with the guy that you feel like is doing the best for you in practice. And I know, like you said, people are going to be upset about that. But, at the end of the day, like there really hasn't been enough in a game that anyone has showed you to be like, okay, like this is, this is the guy. And, you know, I know a lot of people get upset about that, but it's like, what else do you have to base it on? There is nothing else that you can base it on with this Iowa offense that, you know, shows results to this point. I mean, Petrus did it well against Nevada and Rutgers, I thought, and then in doses against Michigan in the second half. But Outside of that, like we haven't seen the on-field product, but maybe they see that Petrus is the guy during practice, and that's all you can base it on. Like it's not like there's an alternate universe where yeah. you can pick up. You know, Padilla is doing one thing amazing, but you know this matters. Practice matters more. Like the the whole like, thing about practice is to get better and to improve and to refine what you need to do on game day. Yes, there's a different, there's a huge difference as we've seen doing it from practice versus doing it in games. And as frustrating as it is, it's like that's like people give Iowa a lot of grief for that, Kirk a lot of grief for that. And I get it, but there's like nothing else that can be based on what they do. Like, you know, they can say it's great in practice, like it probably it might be great in practice, and that's that's great. And but Iowa knows it's not like they're like, oh, yeah, it's awesome practice. Not sure what's working in games. You know, they they understand that it's it's showing in practice, but 
it's not executing in games. And, you know, they understand that there's a big gap in that. It just hasn't been there. It's not like, you know, they're just saying, oh, like, it's not like they're like dumb, dumb minded being like, oh, yeah, it's in practice. Like, we're doing all this in practice, but not in the games. It's like they understand that what they're doing in practice isn't working in games and they're trying to fix it. You know, it's not just like they're not changing it because yeah. I mean, you can't change everything in, in, in a season or in a matter of weeks. I agree. But, you know, it's if it's showing in practice, like. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The execution, they know know needs to be there, and they're trying to get stuff to work to show up on Saturdays, but it's just not working, and, you know, they they see that. And, you know, the reality, too, is, Sean, I think we said this a couple weeks ago, there's no way there's no right way for them to answer these questions. And we have to ask them as media members just because it's our obligation to, but there's no right answer for them. The only way that they could shut people up or prove people wrong is the product on the field. I mean, no matter what they say, they can't come out there and be like, yeah, we're playing terrible offense. We're bad. We're this, we're that. Cause fans are like, yeah, you are, you should fix it. But if they're in full denial, you know, everybody's going to be riled up even more. And again, I completely understand that. So I think it's important to note that, And when you mentioned about the scheme and doing certain things within a season, remember my day after column on Sunday, I wrote, you know, Kirk said he wants to wait till the end of the season to evaluate things. I think that's completely fair because I think when you look at this offense right now, Sean, a coaching move is not going to make a difference. It's not going to result in immediate gratification. It's not going to turn the season around. So why not let everybody ride it out to the end of the year? And then you have to make some tough decisions. I think that's going to be the really big key to Iowa. And they're going to have to change some things within one off season. And I think that's easily a bit more of a realistic time frame of things. And I know it was interesting talking to some of the offensive guys today, Sean. I mean, there's no quarterback available. Again, I get that because they don't want to give away the starter. But Arlen Bruce and Deontay Vines, who, you know, is fresh off, uh, actually, I want to get on this too. Deontay Vines on the two deep, which I, you know, was a little bit eye opening to me because it's his first real week back and he's immediately propped up on the two deep. I think that really aligns with what we'd been hearing behind the scenes throughout fall camp and, and summer workouts for him. But they just said, look, the defense has been grinding. 
They've been outstanding this year. They've held up, held up their up end of the bargain. And the offensive guys are just going out there and saying, it's our turn. We need to be able to prop these guys up. We need to be able to support them. And you could really sense a real deal of frustration with Deontay, with, with Arland, I think a little bit more. And it's hard to blame them at this point because they are being questioned about the offense. They aren't getting that sort of production. And I think it's going to be very key for Kirk Ferentz and for Kelton Copeland and for Brian. They have to find a way to keep these guys confident. And despite the production not being there. And, you know, I asked Kirk today about it and I want to get your take on it. My whole question to him was, you know, with the way the offense is right now, do you sense any difficulty coaching the guys in terms of keeping the frustration level down and keeping the confidence up? And Kirk flat out was very accountable. Sean, he said, it's hard to have confidence if you aren't seeing results. And he said, we went through it in 1999 and 2000, which was his first two years. And he said, gaining traction is a really important thing. There's no way to predict when that's going to happen. There's no guarantee that's going to happen. And he said, there's nothing that we can do other than work at it practice well, support each other, and get a little bit better each day. And that's the race they're running. Again, not a perfect answer for fans to want to hear, but I thought that was a very real, and I thought that was a very honest answer from Kirk. Yeah, I, I do think he he did a good job with that answer, and I thought that one was was very fair because, I mean, at the end of the day, like sometimes it just doesn't pan out. Like, you know, I know that's frustrating to hear because Iowa has been so good and, in certain regards, I mean, the defense has been stellar special teams outside of, you know, maybe last week or two hasn't been as as great. But, you know, this offense, maybe maybe it's a thing where it just doesn't work out. Maybe this maybe this year is a failure in terms of offensive play. And, you know, maybe I mean, I know this isn't their mindset inside the program, but maybe you kind of just prepare for next year at this point, kind of hope that there's progress being shown because yes, you can judge a season on wins and losses. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. But, you know, for coaches, they want to see progress and they want to see growth. And, you know, if that's not clicking, then, you know, fans are obviously fans, media are obviously going to be in your grill. You're going to receive a lot of criticism for everything, but, you know, if there's any progress that can be shown, then that could be considered a win as the year goes on, especially offensive line play. Cause I think, so pro football focus as Iowa is the as the lowest. They have the lowest overall pass blocking grade in the country among yeah, FBS teams. And yeah, yeah, that's uh that's not not good company to be in, especially when you're with when you're with uh Navy, who I mean doesn't um if doesn't I'm not wrong, <laughs> yeah, doesn't doesn't throw the ball that much. So yeah, I mean all, all you can ask for is improvement and you know you would you would hope that it would be there after a couple of weeks and Kirk admitted that he kind of felt like things stagnated like he believes in the guys he believes you know their personalities are strong and you know that they can they can put it together but he he gets that and he understands the frustration he I mean he's frustrated too but you know it's a pro, it's a process and you know it's not something people want to hear but it's one of those things that you kind of just got to keep chipping away at and eventually eventually it'll figure itself out but I mean I get the frustration with everything I think it's important to note too I was going to ask about Connor Colby specifically Scott Dockman from the athletic beat me to it just because the flow of the press conference remember Connor Colby started tackle primarily this year played all offensive guard last year was benched in this game in favor of Jack Plum Plum wasn't outstanding but it was a change of pace they threw in Colby later on back inside 
And Kirk just said it's on the coaches to figure out the best five and where they should be playing at. And again, I thought that was a good sense of accountability for him. There's no blaming of the players about improving. He said they need to figure it out. And I'm very interested, Sean, if Connor, the Connor Colby attack experiment is done. I, I know you, I think me more so than you, but I thought you were on the same wavelength as I was about Colby at tackle. I thought it was the best option for this year. And I, you know what, to some extent, I still stand by that, but it's just clearly not working. He was on a great trajectory when he was playing offensive guard. You know, maybe you let Jack Plum ride out the rest of the year before, you know, a Caden Proctor comes in next year who can really, I think, have a chance to earn that starting spot at tackle and Kirk still stood by that. He's very excited about Logan Jones. I think Logan Jones can still be a very good college football center. This is his first year at center. And you and I have kind of talked about this plenty of times, but I still think there's a lot of potential with that offensive line. They're just young and they got to continue to get reps and the coaches need to figure out where to play them. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's a young group and like I said, not something that a lot of fans want to hear, but it, it might take a little bit with this group. And I mean, we've mentioned it so many times before, you know, maybe I think they have NFL guys, but, you know, not everyone comes out and pans out their first year. And, you know, I, I think perspective is a really important thing. Kirk mentioned it the other day. A lot of these guys are in their first or second year outside of Jack Plum, um, first or second year on the offensive line. I mean, Nick DeYoung's battled injuries, battled inconsistency, number of the other guys too. And I think Kirk said today that they might use Connor a little more inside or they're, they're exploring it. So I'm interested to see how how they go about that. Continuing on at the press conference and just kind of looking ahead a little bit, I know that there's a clip I tweeted out about Kirk's comments about a reporter from Cleveland.com wrote a column about Brian and Kirk. I have my own thoughts on it. I've gone on a few radio shows and talked about it. It's a big discussion on our message board. But, Sean, I think if people want those comments – they can read the national pundits. If people really want me to talk about later, we can talk about another time, but I don't want that to be the forefront when we're actually talking about on-field football stuff. But I just want people to know we're not ignoring it. I just think there's other things worth our time instead of that. I have my own thoughts on it, Sean. I'm sure you do too, but I think there's a very important point in that answer that's been completely overshadowed by the first half of it. So let's go down to the second half of it. So I believe Kennington Lloyd-Smith from Hawk Central asked Kirk about, you know, talk to him and the players last Saturday. They said the turnaround to be more player-led on, on the leadership of the team to kind of galvanize the group. And Kenny asked if that sort of manifested in the days following. And basically where I want to take this is, it just isn't going to happen. If the coaches are the only ones invested, you're out of luck. We're fortunate four years in a row. We've had good teams, good character teams. I felt good about those guys, felt good about these guys since we started in January. I can't predict what's going to happen record-wise moving forward, but I think we'll keep pushing and keep working, and that's what they're seeing right now. And I thought it was interesting they brought up the last four years, so I want to pinpoint a couple things, Sean. Iowa has suffered a two- or three-loss streak in each of the past four seasons. In 2018, they lost three. They won the final three games. In 2019, they lost two, won six of the last seven. In 2020, remember, they lost the first two games and then won the last six. And even last year, they lost two and then went 4-0 to close it out to win the Big Ten West and to get a bid to Indy. So I thought that was a very good point by Kirk. And you're going in the home stretch of Big Ten West competition. They've done a good job of revitalizing it. But – 
And I think there is some merit to that, obviously. But <clears throat> I think you feel a lot more confident about the past teams in this year's team, just based on what we've seen uh, tangible on the football field this season. Yeah, I mean, there, there's – I think the schedule is definitely – it to a point, it's favorable for Iowa, um, you know, on paper. But production-wise, it doesn't seem like – seven and five is very realistic at this point. I think six and six, five and seven might be those two routes, but that's going to depend on what offensively changes and yeah. what, you know, the difference is there. Cause I mean, Northwestern, they've had some bad losses have been in some pretty close games. Um, Nebraska's obviously, you know, face their, face their difficulties. Wisconsin seems to be playing better. Minnesota has been really bad offensively. Um, who am I missing? Uh, did we mention Purdue? Purdue. Purdue is – you never know what you're going to get with Purdue. Um, they, they know how to scheme up Iowa's defense, and there's a certain wide receiver that uh, might be really motivated to uh, show a couple things. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, – that's going to be fascinating to see how the, how the rest of the year goes because, you know, okay, it, it's – these last five weeks can really define how this season looks. Um, could really have a, a major impact on what people feel about this season. If they if they finish out strong, I think a lot of people, you know, obviously are upset about how things the way things started and you know how they continue throughout midway through the year. But if you close out the season strong, I feel I think you feel a lot better going into next year too. This poses one more question before you wrap this up, Sean. If Iowa somehow wins for the last five or, or even wins on a five-game winning streak, do, I want to say does Kurt gloat because that's the wrong word, but does he feel confident enough not to make any changes to the scheme or the personnel? I, I, I mean, if there's improvement, I think you could consider you could consider it less, but I don't know. That's best-case scenario. I still think you got to look at things. I'm with you. And knowing Kirk and covering this program, I don't know if he'd make a change, but the statistics are pretty I – mean, we all know them. There's no sense in sitting here rattling them off. We all know what the statistics are for the offense. And the big – and you also need to keep into account, Sean, that divisions are going away after next year, which, by the way, the new 2023 football schedule is going to be released tomorrow on Big Ten Network at 11, so we'll have full coverage of that tomorrow. But – where, where I'm getting at, Sean, is it, these division opponents aren't going to be division opponents for in a couple of years. Like you can't base where you are as a program and talent wise against the rest of the Big Ten West, because guess what? Soon you're going to be going up against Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, UCLA, USC and all those cats instead. So I think that also opens up a whole nother can of worms. And I think it's got to be I think that's needs to be something that Kirk really takes into consideration when he's evaluating the program in the off season. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. David Eichel, Sean Bach, follow us on Twitter at David Eichel at SBach247 and at Hawkeyes on 247. Share, leave us a positive review of our podcast, Swarmcast, as we continue to churn these out. And Sean, we'll have plenty of basketball talk to start talking about here uh, within the next week or so. Season's right around the corner, so be sure to stay tuned to that. Until next time, we'll talk to you later this week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.